everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon, and we are your morning show for any hour. We have a lot going on. We have a smoke monster. We have an update on CNN and how Vic has claimed yet another victim. We have some 2024 updates and a mom's group that is now a hate group. So stay tuned for all of that. But first off, how are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. It's great to finally be broadcasting from Beijing, <laughs> looking over here at this beautiful, smog-covered city. Gorgeous. Yes. This is what it's like over there. I know. And now it's over here. Did you go out at all today? So uh, Obviously, you're here, but I mean, you- Yes. Like, so I went out yesterday. I took the kids on a little hike oh. in the morning, and it was lovely. And I'm glad we got out in the morning because I canceled pool day for the afternoon. Yes, Once a lot I, of pool days were canceled. I went out to get mail in the midday. Uh-huh. And I came back in and my throat hurt. And I was like, that doesn't seem great. Yeah. It looks much worse now yeah. than it did then. So I'm keeping the kids inside. We had a board game and handwriting day. Doesn't that sound fun? What, what What's the board game? <laughs> oh, actually, not a board game this time. We have a little card game we play uh, called Mad Gabs, where, uh, you, where you say something phonetically and people have to... It's, it's a weird little word game. And then we have a giant Jenga that I bought. Wow. So we're we're playing with the giant Jenga only when the toddler's not around because she's a real a real saboteur. Is, yes. Saboteur of the giant that. Jenga, yes. But yeah, we went on this little hike and I've been trying to take them out hiking because the the pool doesn't open till noon until later in June. Boo. Wow. So we're doing the mornings, trying to go out, get some air. Yeah. And the thing is though. Technology and modern society have not really reconciled a way. We have not disrupted the trail finding industry. Like if you want to go and oh, hike something trip. with your kids. Because, you know, Virginia, particularly northern Virginia, we're surrounded by trails. We are. They're everywhere. But, Costas. But finding yeah. them, mm-hmm. finding the trailhead, knowing how long the trail is, knowing whether yeah, it's... Yeah, the trailhead. It's all knowing whether that. it's kept well or whether it's paved or what. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to figure this stuff out. So I, I sprung, you know, I'm a cheapskate. Uh-huh. I sprung for the real trail, like, crowdsourced app that has all the info in it so you can navigate. And I was like, I'll pay for that. Still got it wrong three times yesterday. <laughs> End up in the wrong place. And finally, I get to this place. I'm like, you know, we're just going to go. We got two strollers. I got two other kids. But it was paved. It's no big deal. It wasn't paved, Vic. You mean they lied to you? It wasn't paved. Oh, boy. And so we entered... On sort of like a meadow area, and I thought, you know what, whatever, let's take the let's take the strollers. We can handle this. So we're I have the kids pushing the strollers. They're they're doing some sled work. So wow. Like just like CrossFit, yeah, just, right? One thirty pound sled, one one fifteen pound sled. They're pushing them through the meadow. And at one point, one of my kids has has trouble navigating one of the strollers. Totally understandable because this is not a paved road. And she says, "Mom, can I switch with you?" And and I'll I'll help with the other kid. And I said, yeah, sure. Let me get this. <laughs> but being a child, she walks away from the stroller before I've gotten to the stroller. And the stroller's sitting on like a I don't know. Oh no, like a thirty yeah, percent yeah. grade, forty percent grade. And she just walks away, doesn't even turn her back. And I go ah! realize that it's starting to roll down. Now the toddler is strapped in, so it's like it wouldn't have been the worst outcome. But she would definitely have been in the briar patch face first at the bottom of this hill. And I would just like to pat myself on the back because few other moms could have caught that stroller. And I sprinted 
And I caught that stroll. It's you and your cat-like reflexes. <laughs> and we had a very serious discussion about stroller brakes. And then I had a very serious discussion with myself oh, about, about yeah. properly checking the trail before I take my children <laughs> and you, stroll. Did you go? Did, how, did you go far into the trail? You wanted look. To... I wasn't. I wasn't letting go. Okay. Yeah. We went in. Not only did we go over the meadow part and then almost, you know, chuck a child down in a ravine, but then we went into the actual woods with the roots and everything with two strollers. And at one point, I abandoned one stroller and was like, "The toddler can walk," and. And then we muscled the baby stroller through 20 minutes of hiking out and 20 minutes back. In the middle of like code red (laughs) air quality. It wasn't that bad in the morning yesterday. It really really wasn't. You know what I. Plus, you know what I say? The app says the air quality is bad. Stay indoors. I say the woods make air. Okay. We're going into the woods. They release the oxygen. That's why we need the trees. This is what I say. Uh, You know what I would have done? I would have left a trail of food. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't get lost. Well, we do. And hopefully the birds don't eat it. We do always take goldfish with us. No, you see, you could have a trail because of goldfish. Toddlers, oh. toddlers need sustenance. They just do. And anyway, we made it. The toddler, Wonderful. it turns out, is a great hiker. So next time she gets no stroller. I think that's more dangerous. We don't need that. <laughs> well, I mean, the hard part about strollers is when you hit these various ruts. Yes. I mean, literal ruts. And, and you got to push over, go around them. I mean... Strollers are just, it's triggering me now because I'm thinking about it and how much work that involves. And like, I think at one point I had some all-terrain stroller, but I don't have that anymore. And it is what it is. Next time I will wear the baby, let the toddler walk. We're improving our configuration, okay? We're going to make it happen. When when our son was born, my mother-in-law gave us a pram. A pram. A pram. You know, it's like yeah. an English style thing where you, but the baby's flat on its back. That they can lay down in there. So there's nice. sort of like what's yeah. happening. And it's lovely to look at. Right. But it's, it's, oh, that's big. It's oh, a big yeah. thing. This is the all terrain. If you get an all terrain vehicle oh, yeah. for your stroller, yeah, you get that it's going to be you large. Get the fancy, yeah. I used yeah. to have a bob and it's like, but you take it places and it's like, whoo, that's a large it's a hu- stroller. It's you a feel, huge, it's you a huge feel like a spectacle. That's right. But they do say, they say to go when the sun is out that the air quality is not good at night. Okay. But I feel like early in the morning, same thing. It was like 61 degrees. Yeah. I thought you could go for a quick in and out. Two miles. Like, I think your husband would approve. A mile yeah. in, a mile back. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. But I, I, I just worked out in the basement. So, uh, you know, it's very. I believed in you, and I, you let me down. I know. No, I okay. can't believe I do it. No, t- right, I, did, I thought that's people were exaggerating. Uh-huh. But again, the smoke. It's. It's real. It's the real deal. Yeah. I was walking down yesterday on here in Arlington, and down the set of stairs, I just see a waft of smoke walk, you know, float by, and I thought, well, that clearly has to be from like the restaurant or something. Yeah. No. 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 By the way, just so everyone knows who's not on the East Coast, when things oh, happen yeah. on the East Coast that are normal for the West Coast, but we don't experience them very Stop. much, like earthquakes. Yes. Like, Stop the press. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. You guys are going to have to hear mm-hmm. about this for a month. Like we're ne- we are so whiny. We are never going to shut up about this. When we when we had that baby earthquake oh. in 2011, oh. that was like six months mm-hmm. of coverage. Y'all have to deal with it. And all the Californians are like, guys, you just stay in your house until it's gone. We're like, what? Yes. And I've it seen w- a bunch of New Yorkers tweets like, what do we do? And it does seem like, I'm not sure there's much guide. And people did not know what to do. And people in, in buildings, like security in buildings were pe- telling people, go outside and, you know, and stay on the edge, just outside the building where you have these 
various, you know, stone oh, yeah. structures that could fall <laughs> down on you. When the earthquake. Yeah, when yeah the we earthquake, were all confused. Please, we everyone, didn't know what to come, do. They wouldn't let anyone back in. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Stand outside for the yeah. aftershocks. No, I had a... But um, you can get a gargoyle on your head. A, yeah, the gargoyle. That's yeah. what I was thinking about. You might a, get a gargoyle. A college friend from California used to tell me all the coverage in the news about hurricanes. He says, it's a bit much. It's a bit <laughs> much. But I said, you know, we, we, we spent a fair amount on wildfires in California. At least, you know, we feel obligated to report... Yeah, you it's know, a bit. It's a bit in passing. When we have when we have a little oh. smoke yeah. cover, yeah. we have to spend a lot of time on it, guys. So that's, that's just where all an the East news Coast. outlets are located. This is just They're an East right Coast here. thing. See in New York. That's the way it goes. Okay. All righty, but you're doing. But we're doing okay. I, I feel do, like it's gonna. Yeah. Is, it, is it gonna get out of here before the weekend? That'd yes. be nice. Yes. If you want to transition right into the news, I have thoughts on that. So. Okay. Wait. Quick question. Yeah. Though. Shoot. Just a thought. I. I don't want to misinformation anyone. Okay. But just a thought in Canada. Did they did they let go any wildfire firefighters? Over Has the, anyone over been the, relieved of no, their duty? No, over the vaccine. Oh right, a there shortage was, in Canada. There was well, a lot of that that went on as in Canada. You know, including, Trudeau is pretty strict about including that. with firefighters. And I'm just wondering, no, I'm just wondering. Question. That is a very good question. If the if the national supply is down. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good question. Just a thought. Okay. My understanding is we're just waiting for a front to arrive, and it's coming on Saturday. Because okay. right now, as you can tell, it's not really windy. Everything is stagnant, and that's why it's just sitting here. But, of course, everybody's in a state about climate change and how we need to do something, see what's happening here. And it's, but, but it's not like carbon emissions no. spark the fire it's just, in Canada. It's poor fire management. This is what the Canadians themselves well, said. It's it, poor fire management. Right. And when you let these things, if you don't do a controlled burn, and you have what I believe now is between 200 and 300 fires that are out of control. That is an official category, by the way, out of control. The release of CO2 is significantly worse than just from your cars. Yeah. You know? And the idea that, you know, if we could just do all these different things, and this is why we need to have stricter controls over, you know, fuel and combustion engines and things of sure. that nature and fossil fuels. It's not the answer. Well, this is this is always, you know, it's always, don't let a crisis go to waste. It's always yeah, this. that's exactly right. And it does seem like, I don't know, forest management might be a good idea yeah. and prevent some of these things. I'm not an expert in that. There's also, there's a lot of signs here about our overall dumbness on policy and just the way mm-hmm. we discuss things. First of all, in New York, a lot of free indoor public spaces for which people play, pay tax dollars are closing, even though... We've spent three years putting new filtration into buildings oh, yeah. with public money, with taxpayer money, because of COVID. And then they're like, oh, you, you should stay indoors. And also all of the taxpayer-funded buildings in which you could stay indoors, such as a public library system, shutting them down for smoke in the air. I am confused about that. A lot of yeah. schools closing early, so then you send kids out either in the air yeah, they're gonna walk, yeah, they walk or back. out in their cars, which if you're yeah. concerned about the CO2, seems like a problem. Buses are not running, which again, yeah. school buses not running in New York means that instead of 30 kids on a school bus, you get 30 cars or 30, yeah. other, I guess you can use public transit as well, but there are cars taking kids to school. Yeah. So much of COVID was just a prep of everyone for like, we're just going to just shut down. Things. A lot. We're, We're just, just going to shut things. down something. When, bad, here's the, when here's, bad things happen, yeah. we will not be there for you. Here's the crazy thing. We're talking about the shutdown. During the during the lockdown, do you remember, they did a study 
of CO2 levels during the lockdown because no one, nobody flew. Nobody flew, yeah. right? I mean, obviously people flew. But, you know, most people were no longer flying. They're not traveling. They're staying at home. And do you remember how much the CO2 levels were reduced by just a tick? Just a tick. Really? And that's and but in order to in nature order to achieve in order to achieve yes that's right nature is healing, but in order to do that, right, it required an economic standstill. Yeah, and but they don't care. They're, no, like, the activists is, are and, like, and not, yes, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and we and obviously we need and, to do more of it. And that's also what they want. like just want more of it. If more yeah. people yeah. weren't here, yeah, then that would help without um, without acknowledging I don't know China India yeah coal. No, no, no. or the fact that we've improved yeah despite. Increased oh, usage. Huge. Our emissions number. Another okay. fun little tidbit from the New York Times. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention notes that dust masks, surgical masks, and bandanas are not sufficient to protect children from smoke, and that N95 masks are typically not fitted for kids and may not provide adequate coverage. You, you don't say. I feel like that's a copy and paste from a different thing. I feel like this like, had something to do with something else. It might have been from I the before know. times when you could oh, admit yeah. that masks yeah. were not. Because there actually is coverage in the New York Times and other outlets from 2019 mm-hmm. during California wildfires right. saying, hey, N95s might actually make your problem worse. But we're to believe in this version that uh, N95s, bandanas, surgical masks do not protect you from particulates, but do from a virus. So just... I'll tell you what's... There you go. Guys. I'll tell you what's funny is that there's a lot of concern in the media by health experts that they said they look out on the streets in New York or here, and there are still, unfortunately, a lot of people who are walking around right now under these conditions without masks mm-hmm. and how you need to wear like the N95 so will protect not the cloth masks, but for a lot of these particulates, these right. microparticles, you need you know, a fitted N95. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going maskless out there. Mm-hmm. And it really is a spillover from just people being sick and tired of COVID, that they're yes. now not, not going to wear masks for anything. No. Like, even if it helps now, no, they're not, not they're done. They are um, so done with it. And you're seeing, you see this with a lot of things. Also, yeah. I saw one of the viral warnings yesterday was like, if you're out, look, New York looks terrible. Oh, I wouldn't want to be outside. Yeah. I didn't want to be outside later part of yesterday yeah. or today. But there, there was a, a viral warning that was like, being outside in Manhattan today is like smoking six cigarettes. And all of Gen X is like, really sick? Six whole cigarettes? <laughs> right. Not six cartons. <laughs> like, is, people made the point because this is like, this is just like rational risk analysis. Six cigarettes, although not good for you, have a negligible impact on yeah. your lifelong health, guys. It is not, yeah. you want to you wanna limit your exposure, but let's, I don't think six cigarettes no. warning was landing the way they thought it was going to land. No. I, yeah. I, I, I knew people who smoked six packs a day. Yes. All right. Also avoid that. All right. Speaking of big storms, dark clouds, fire, fire, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's right. Chris Licht is now gone from CNN. I wonder what percentage of our listeners listened to our episode before and after it happened. Well, I got a lot of notes. Because I think it was like mid-morning that I heard. I got a lot of notes that people were listening to it. As the news oh dropped, goodness. which was like a nice yeah. primer yeah. on yeah. on this situation That's right. That's right. before the news came down. I'm actually a little surprised. I thought they were going to let him hang on and do the co-CEO thing. Me too. These things thing. almost never happen. I mean, I, we were just mentioning how they brought the other COO on board, right. who was a former Zucker you know, deputy. But I am surprised that it happened so swiftly. I mean, look, he was there for 16 months. And I know a lot of listeners were concerned that I Carrie Fishered her, him. 
Well, uh, look, I, <laughs> thankfully, it's just a job. That's right. It was a career. Yeah. Carrie Fishering. For listeners who don't know, it's this weird. It started in the substandard Subbeacon days where I would, I mentioned Carrie Fisher's name and then like the next day she unexpectedly died. And then I mentioned Neil Pert, the drummer from Rush, sort of randomly. And then he died the next day and yeah. it became this thing. So, so we have to be careful. Professional. This was a professional Carrie Fishering. What do you make of this? Well, good, bad. I don't think it's great because he, does, what does, happens do, is. Do you think they come? Do you think Jeffrey Tubin is going to come back? Before I do, I'm yeah. sure. No, I think here's the problem. Okay, because as I said, I think Lick's diagnosis of the problem was very good. Mm-hmm. His execution, very bad, almost yeah. inexplicably bad. Like yeah. I thought he. You have to have more finesse and sort of again, emotional. Yes. intelligence yeah. to pull this off and understand that people who have been who have bought into the last seven years as their giant fight for democracy yeah. to save the entire planet with yeah. their journalism that maybe it's going to take a while to convince those people yeah. of a new mission right i just like look i don't think those people are right i think in many cases they're off their rockers but if you're going to try to pull them back into the fold you got to do some slow work on that i think right the concern i think is that now he's out there's a flood of pieces about how well you know this idea of cnn as being too far left is just crazy and was crazy from the beginning and the idea that you should have a centrist and unbiased network is just a vehicle for both sidesism that is basically fascism and that if that becomes the answer i do not think cnn is pulling itself out of the dive no i'm not sure they were going to anyway but i i feel like going face first into the Zucker plan again, is not a good not idea. Not a good idea. I don't know. So pieces have been written saying that the fact is the audience demands this, right? They want a biased news network. Well, and, and the, I think and to an extent that's come true. To, yeah. This is what they've come to expect. This is why, and that the tipping point was the Trump town hall. Well, this is right? why, well, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure it was before that. Mm-hmm. It was probably long before that. But here's the problem is that CNN built an audience and a brand that people trusted for many, many years mm-hmm. before Trump, yeah. based on being a basically solid, yeah. centristy, yeah. serious, maybe a little boring news organization that you could have on in the background of any many places, airport included. <laughs> I don't think it's an accident that the airport thing got jettisoned yeah. in the latter Zucker years, right? It's not a place, it's not a thing you want on in the background. And... They had audience and they had brand. Then they changed their brand to this, like, yell at Trump 24-7. Yeah. And, like, how do you... Fixation. How do you go back and fix the brand? I don't, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And that, Brian Stelter, who writes in the Washington Post today, oh, boy. says this is just simple. We're not in a time... Vindication, I'm sure. We don't live in a time where you can have... Straight news, you must have, as he puts it, muscular TV news coverage, by which he means... When I think muscular, I think yeah. Brian Stelter, yeah. That's, Sorry. By which he means, just yell your opinion. That's that's what he means. Can I, on a tangent here, mm-hmm. can I tell you that my enjoyment of the HBO series Succession was slightly ruined mm-hmm. because of Brian Stelter? Really? Yes. Okay, well, I don't watch the session. I'm, okay. I'm one of these, these It's people. really entertaining. I find it, you know, I like the drama and the reminder that, you know, people can live in these wonderful, luxurious trappings and still be miserable. Yes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yes. Okay, but really got into the show. 
And then I believe it was last season, the, the penultimate season, they had this big series premiere and Brian Stelter was invited and he tweeted about it and said how amazing it was walking down this long flight of stairs. You know, it might've been at the Meta, wherever they had this big reception for success, succession. And he's there, his tux holding his champagne as an orchestra played the theme song to succession. So it's like he was actually like almost like a part of the Roy family and all the power. <laughs> sorry, I just got sick on air. I'm sorry, Jennifer, I need a paper towel. Please. Thank you. <laughs> but no, I mean, just totally like, ugh, you just ruined sounds- it for me. But anyway, no, okay, so, but, but, but what you were saying is, it's both disturbing and right, which is, again, Margaret Sullivan, the old ombudsman, former ombudsman of the Washington Post, said, you know, enough of this both sidesism thing. Yeah. It's not like reporting on the right or the left. It's right versus wrong, and we mm-hmm. need to stay on and the right so side. Happened, it just so happened no, that we're, we're the right side. <laughs> we're the right side. They're the wrong side. Yeah. Therefore, forget about this. And don't give these other people a platform, meaning Trump. Yeah. Or Nikki Haley, some people were upset about, oh, or anybody now, because democracy is at stake. Well, see, this is the problem. It can be a justification for anything, right? Yeah. If you just say, I'm fighting for democracy, and you're like safely left of center slash democratic regime mm-hmm. aligned, then, you know, everything's good. Everything's good. I just want to read one one paragraph from Stelter's piece. Talking Points Memo founder and editor Josh Marshall frames a question this way. Did CNN get, quote, too liberal? Or did the national political environment become so polarized and so knocked off kilter of democratic norms that news coverage forced some level of confrontational stance? Brian says, I lived through it, and it was the latter. Look, it can be a little bit of both. Right. And also, you can recognize that things have become polarized or knocked off kilter of democratic norms. Like, I don't know, when like the clinton campaign conspires with the fbi and the entire media structure to like claim that the president of the united states is a russian agent i don't know maybe something like that might throw things off kilter but anyway you can recognize that and just not lose your mind but apparently that's not the case for many people no that's right are you surprised that jim acosta managed to survive all this well i thought for sure he was on the chopping block i thought there's a there's a paragraph in the licked piece that suggests that licked had a lunch with acosta He's not, he's not mentioned by name, mm-hmm. but he says he had a, a lunch with one of the people you might imagine would have been on the chopping block. And he said, hey, we got to get this ish together, pull it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, that he hasn't since had problems with that person. <laughs> so perhaps Acosta got the memo. You know, you know, how I do feel prayers up, prayers up for everyone who spent a lot of time over the past 10 to 16 months kissing Lick's ass, mm-hmm. who now has to switch oh boy. to a different person because, you know, yeah. you put in time on that stuff no, 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 with no. the one regime and now there's going to be yeah. a new regime. No, I mean, it's like, you know, 1940, you know, they start, they march in and you're like, well, I know who my allegiance is. And it's like, <laughs> what? Four years later? Wow, that was quick. Oh man, that was a bad, I really, I really bet on the wrong side, you know? That's Vic's analogy, That's... not mine. Okay. I'm talking about Hollywood. I'm talking about Hollywood. So he's out. By the way, there's another Washington Post piece. CNN's Chris Lick showed the problem with anti-woke centrism, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just like a, a wholesale attack on his diagnosis of the issue. Yeah. And the press is more than ready to tell itself that it did everything right mm-hmm. and that none of these criticisms apply. And ignoring those criticisms don't get you any closer to making a product that is trusted. It may get you closer to a product that gets more views. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't get you closer to trusted, at any rate. So, yeah. you know, I'm I'm actually like a 
I was like, I'm rooting for him a little bit because I was like, no, even, I mean, even after, though I thought the more it was we discussed badly it, executed. The more we discussed it on our previous episode and the things that he was saying, what he was trying to do, I was like, wow, that actually, you know, kind of makes sense. But, you know, the fact that Vic and MK think that these ideas are good oh, means they are bad. fascist, right? Yeah, no, it's it's so, not good for him yes. that we think that I know. on this it's podcast. Like you actually got to be, you got to be a little quiet about your support. Whenever I, whenever I support somebody's ideas who's like not yeah. actually aligned with the right, I'm like, I think this person's sort of nice. Like very, oh, very yeah. subtle. <laughs> I feel that way. Like, for example. I don't want to get them in trouble by being example, aligned no, with me. Know, it might make them less effective. I was thinking about this just, you know, our local Arlington County prosecutor's race. As you know, the Ar- the, the current prosecutor, Preza Dagani Tafti, she's a Soros-funded prosecutor, right? So right. she believes in all sounds like Sounds like an anti-Semitic conspiracy yeah, yes, theory that's what to they me. Say. Yeah, you can't mention Soros. That's right. But very much like in the neighboring counties. And extremely progressive views. She's being challenged by another Democrat, Josh Catcher. And some of the stuff he's saying makes sense. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, we should do it. Like, you know, we should do a profile of this guy. That would be a terrible idea no, from no, the Washington Free out. Beacon. You'll yeah, no, out. that's it. Because we already get, we already get like the flyers in, in our, in the mail at home about, you know, Josh Catcher and his Republican allies. Right, you know, right. like really, really. Okay. I like that your flyers have that voice. Yeah, so they have the voice. That's right. They speak. The flyers speak. All right. Okay. Speaking of flyers, hey. mailers and flyers all over the place. We're getting three, three, that's right, new Republican oh, candidates for president just this week, everyone. Who's excited? Who's excited, Vic? Before we get into who they are, okay, I want to get them all on a stage, mm-hmm. and all of them, and I said I, I would do one of those annoying questions. Show of hands, okay. you know they do that. Show of hands, which of you actually thinks you have a shot at winning <laughs> the whole thing, not the nomination, but the whole thing? Which of you? Raise uh-huh. your hands. Uh-huh. Come on. Okay. I mean, they have to raise their hands, right? That's part of the, part of running for president yeah. is mm-hmm. being audacious to the point of delusional. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so. Only um, one person should raise his hand, and that's Larry Elder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We got uh, first up. Doug Burgum. Doug Burgum for president, everyone. I wrote down Doug Burnham. That's how well I know him. As, okay. as did I at oh, one point. I missed... really... Are you sure, though? It's Burgum? It's Burgum. Okay. I'm looking right, at his right, sign, right, and right. I, I did put the wrong thing into the Google machine. And But now I know. Now I know. Doug Burgum is a billionaire, self-funding governor yeah. of North Dakota who beat beat the preferred RNC, not RNC, but oh, okay. state GOP-backed yeah. guy sure. in a primary in 2016, I believe, by funding himself to the tune of a lot of money in a very low-populated lot of state, yeah. and he therefore like creamed this guy in the primary unexpectedly. He becomes the governor. He his money comes from software. He 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 founded like the North Plains software company or something and mm-hmm. sold it to Microsoft. Oh, made a bunch of money. So he has a bunch. Of money to throw around. And I have to say his opening event in Iowa, it looked very nice. It looked very... It was a folksy speech. It, yeah. And, and just like set up looked mm-hmm. competent. I was like, okay, he's got people doing good things for him. Let's, let's just hear a bit okay. from Doug. Here he is on his, on his Twitters. What an incredible day. We've just completed announcing that we're running for President of the United States of America. Catherine and I are so grateful for everyone that was here in person everybody that was watching online. If you'd love to support our campaign, go to our website. Thank you so much. We look forward to working with you. Please donate. We're 
We're off to a fast start. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. So there's Doug. By the way, really nice logo. Can I, can I say? So he got the good graphic designers. Oh, well, you can afford the good graphic designers. I do have here, I don't know if you know this, I do have an exclusive scoop for you on okay. Doug Burgum. Oh, nice. Which is, he has announced who his running mate is, and it's his eyebrows. Look, I'm jealous. It's very, you know, it's very, he has a very Seaboyd and Gray look. And I can say Seaboyd and Gray because he just died. All right. I'm not endangering Seaboyd and Gray right now. May he rest in peace. No, you're. But he has a very Seaboyd and Gray look. You're correct. He has a, he has a a imposing brow. It's something. Yeah. It's something. Okay. (laughs) So, so so anyway, he has a lot of money to play around with. His logo looks like an early 80s comic book fictional characters campaign, which I enjoy. I wouldn't mind it on a t-shirt. Okay. Okay. Then we have Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey. You'll remember him as the guy who took out Marco Rubio in 2016. I was going to say, isn't that the same guy on behalf of Trump and you were there? I was at that debate and I was like, what is happening? Well, Christie is back to wield his rhetorical sword once again. Gotta say, he's quite good at it, okay? Um, He's great on a debate mm -hmm. stage. He's very skilled. He will go for a kill shot. One oh, just he... hopes that this time it yeah. might be for Trump, which is what he claims. All right. Oh, like his sole raison d'etre right now uh-huh. is. Okay, so let's Trump. hear what he has to say about it. This is him on the on the mm-hmm. trail breaking out a Donald Trump impression on day one. I think if you look at our politics now, back in 2015 and 16, I played a conventional game. I thought you just do politics the way you've always done it. Just talk about yourself. Don't really worry about anybody else. Keep your eye on the ball and keep going. That's not the politics today. You, you, this time you have to differentiate yourself from the person in the lead. And I said this at a town hall I came up here, I came up here a couple months ago, right here. Um, it was a mistake in 2016 not to confront Donald Trump early. Because I knew that so much of what he said was complete baloney. Like, I knew it. I'm going to build the greatest, most wonderful wall across the entire Mexico border, and Mexico is going to pay for it. Well, like, I knew, as someone who had governed, that that was complete bull. But I was like, eh, people aren't going to believe that. They're not going to believe that. Mistake. Okay, so this is sort of self-owning. Because if you knew... I mean, you might as well, because that's what they're, they're going to ask you about all the things you did when you were loyal to the president, Yeah, right? I just feel like uh, this is something you could have brought up then. Right. You know? Right. Truth teller. Loud truth teller, Chris Christie. Do you remember early on, and I can't remember if this is the actual, if this was the story behind Hillary's concession to Trump at the time, but Christie had his phone, his cell phone, and he was going to give it to Trump. Oh, to yeah. say, here, use my phone. And Trump just looked at him like, gross. I'm not using <laughs> your phone. Anyway, but, you know, that's how Trump is. Yeah. It is so odd that yeah. he's a germaphobe. That, it just yeah, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't well, jibe with, like, It kind of does in Trump a weird me, way. But... You know, it's like if, if, if fans of The Sopranos, Ralphie Seferetto, on the one hand, he was very careful with his hygiene. Like, you know, there's a scene of him in a bathtub with a little brush on his toenails. In oh, the back. Really? You know, like in his, yeah. for his, for his, for his now, toenails. See, now you got me thinking about that and Trump, Sorry. and I just, I don't <laughs> well, want to I was going to say, and then there's other things that Ralphie did, we're like, whoa, you know? So complete opposite. Can we both go back to the smoke? The yeah. smoke Sorry. in my eyes? Sorry smoke about in my smoke eyes? gets okay. in your eyes. Okay, 
He's gruff. I get it. That's part of the appeal. I mean, I do know people who know him one very well and off camera, not not a nice guy, you know, just wants to get his so, way. So I, I've, but it's I've, part of the appeal. I've met so. him several times mm-hmm. in a just like a casual way. And he's got the gift of gab. He's good on a debate stage. Was he I, so he was he nice to you? Yeah. Oh. And I well, and this isn't a this isn't a small group though. Yes. You know, obviously yeah, I think sure. in politics in New Jersey, you don't, you know, you don't get to governor of New Jersey by like a sixty whatever his sixty vote I forget what the margin was. It was large, by having like not sharp elbows. So I, I get that. But I think he can be appealing. I think he can come off like a leader. He loves I, getting booed. I think the issue is that yeah. the 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 chance for doing that was 2012 or 2016, and now that is there more appetite yeah. for Chris Christie now than there was two, then? I don't think so. I, I two other thoughts I have. One is his message is we've been losing for seven years, right? Right. And so what he'll say is great, Republicans won, Trump won in 2016, but then what happened? We lost the House and we lost the Senate. We weren't able to retake the House or the Senate in 2020. And he lost the presidential election, and then we lost the Georgia runoffs, and then we did terrible Mm -hmm. in the midterms of 2022 with just, you know, a very narrow majority when we should have just crushed it. And a lot of it is because of candidates that Trump backed. Okay, that's the message. Does this translate, though, into actually winning the nomination for him? And secondly, could this mean that Trump has to redirect some of his fire He's going to get so Trump no, this, is getting attacked from different angles. This is now. the this is the hope. It's going to be interesting. Is it look he's not going to get the nomination. Right. But the but maybe he But perhaps he's into kamikazeing someone different right. this time. You know? Mm-hmm. But I my thing with Christie is even if he means to go after Trump and I think he does, mm-hmm. can he resist the temptation to just take out people willy-nilly? I'm not sure he can. I yeah, get I'm it. I'm sure he takes I pleasure in doing that. It is that. intoxicating to yeah. slam someone on TV in a debate yeah. when you've really yeah. got a point yeah. that's going to get yeah. them, right? Yeah. I get it. Anyway, we'll see. That's, uh, that's but, And there's more. There's more. We're and not even done. Wait, no, there's no, there's more. more. We, got, we got Mike Pence in the race. Oh, boy. Mike Pence in the race. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, his logo, very old school. Looks like a Reagan-Bush font from 1984. Yes. I like the ad. Can we talk about okay. the ad? Okay, yeah, I'm going to play yeah, the yeah. ad. Okay, I'm going to play the ad. Yeah. This is the Committed to America pack, which is pencil-lined. And the gloves are off, folks. Here, here's, here it goes. The land of opportunity. Beacon of democracy. The shining city on the hill. Land of the free, home of the brave. The United States of America. As a son of the heartland, grandson of an Irish immigrant, those aren't just words. My family has lived the American dream. I had the great honor to serve in Congress as governor and as your vice president. And I'll always be proud of the progress we made together for a stronger, more prosperous America. But today, our country's in a lot of trouble. President Joe Biden and the radical left have weakened America at home and abroad. The American dream is being crushed under runaway inflation. Wages are dropping. Recession is looming. Our southern border is under siege and the enemies of freedom are on the march around the world. And worse still, timeless American values are under assault as never before. We're better than this. There you go. The kick off with the January 6th Okay, ad. a couple thoughts on the just and just a couple thoughts. One, there's a very bleached look to it. I was it, it's like a it's like a Michael Mann directed ad, okay? <laughs> it was like is this heat or is this yeah, Mike Pence? Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing, did you see? You want to rile people up? Did you see the cameo in there of Dylan Mulvaney? 
Yes. That's yeah. Just throw that in for good measure. I just yeah. okay. So look, I I actually like the message that I stood up for the Constitution under intense pressure and will do so every time. People will concede right? that too. Yeah. People from both sides say he saved us. Right. Yeah. Like and unless, so, unless you're with Trump. I'm well, so obviously. yeah. So but the but the the issue is he has to count on some of that demographic, and I don't know, especially even if I think oh. it's morally right to open yeah. to have this argument. I don't think that it gets you those people. He has the same problem that I had being at CNN, right? Like, it's like people from both sides have reasons to to dislike you. The yeah. people who are anti-Trump dislike you because you were mm-hmm. next to Trump for yeah, four years. That's right. And the people who are pro-Trump dislike you because you wouldn't overturn the election for him. So I don't know. Where's the path? Where's the Where's path? The pat- well, he's hoping to appeal to our better angels, as they say, right? Well, he's hoping if he's out there on the trail and people are... He should already, his advisors should already mentally prep him for the barrage of attacks from the right and from the Trump supporters saying you're a traitor and what is he going to say because it's going to happen. And the only thing I can think of is him saying that you and I communally, we were all misled. We were wrong about, you know, whatever, just fill in the blanks. But he is in a bind because on the one hand, obviously from that ad, he opposes Trump. On the other hand, on Fox... He said he would promise to support whoever the front runner is. <laughs> if he becomes the Repu- whoever the Republican nominee is, he's going to support. Well, Trump is the current front runner. I don't know how he's going to do this. Yeah. yeah. How does that happen? Governor Sununu of New Hampshire is out. Oh, yes. He will not be running. There was some talk that he might. Um, he's going to. He's. It's. It's like Gavin Newsom with Biden. He's going to wait this one out. Wait. Let the bloodbath continue unabated, and then he'll come in. In 2028 to clean up the mess. Who's Sununu? Both, yeah, I think. But here, here's the thing. Is it all these people who think they're going to swoop in at some point? Why do they think Donald Trump's not running at that point? Oh, at 20, yeah, because, again. He's just going to keep running forever is, and ever. What's crazy is this. If you removed Trump out of the equation of the Republican primary, I think almost any of these candidates would already have a lead over Joe Biden, right? Without any of the luggage of having to say, how do you feel about the indictment? You know, how do you feel about Trump saying this, that, or the other? And if it was just, vote for me because I'm I'm not non-compos mentis, right? I mean, like, I have it together. I'm not going to shake hands with a ghost or tumble downstairs or whatever, you know? And uh, instead, this election is going to be all about Trump. That's all we're going to talk about, which is what Trump loves. So Sigh. Yeah. Real quick, I want to run over the the Democratic side. Yeah, sure. We still got RFK Jr. pulling like 15 to 20 percent. Yeah. And they're not going to let him debate? Are you kidding me? We have got to get Biden and RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson on stage. That's the Democratic Democratic debate, the three of them? the three of them. Boy, that's a tough one. We got to do it, guys. He was just Um, down. In fact, RFK Jr. was just down at the border. And he was talking about how horrible things are. And just can't sustain itself. Yeah. And we well, need to do something about they're it. They're not going to let him on a stage with that kind of talk. No. No. All righty. I just, I just got to see it. They, I just got to yeah. see it. Okay. Gavin Newsom still still yeah. dropping hot tweets about all the governors all over the country who yeah. don't, are not as good as he is while his citizens flee for other states, including those governed by the likes of Ron DeSantis, who he's making fun of all the time. At any rate, his new thing, he talked on the Today Show about a 
28th Amendment to the Constitution to deal with gun violence. Here he is. Why a constitutional amendment and why now? Well, why now is pretty self-evident that a lot of the laws we've passed are being rolled back by the federal courts. To be clear, you're not calling for the abolition of the Second Amendment. No. This is an existential crisis that we're experiencing every single day. Saying he's fed up with Congress's inability to act, California Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing something never done before on gun control. Having states work together to pass a U.S. constitutional amendment on guns that would implement four measures nationwide. Raise the minimum age for buying a firearm to 21. Mandate universal background checks. Require a reasonable waiting period for gun purchases. And ban the sale of assault rifles to civilians. Okay. So, sure. Sure, Gavin. But look, I do I do think credit where it's due. It's very hard to pass a constitutional amendment. So if you're fed up with Congress's inability to do things, I'm not sure why you think a constitutional amendment is going to be easier. Uh, yeah, but you I still need Congress for that. I'm pretty sure. Well, and also like how? Yeah, I always say I've, I've always said, look, you guys need to reckon with the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. He does seem like he's at least acknowledging that the Second Amendment is a constitutional amendment and that therefore maybe you'd have to fight it with a constitutional right. amendment. However, this is like going absolutely nowhere. Define assault rifle. Every time I see this happening, oh, no, people say ban assault rifles. Thing. I say it's like, are they thinking machine guns? Because that's they've been pretty, they've been banned for quite some time now, and you know there are yeah, a lot yeah, of other gun laws that are they in, just mean in place whatever already. They, scary looking guns. Yes, they scary just mean whatever guns. one they don't right. like because they can get yes. into the details about you know magazine capacity. But the bottom line is, you know, in the last available sort of data, let's say from 2019. You had anywhere between thirteen and 14,000 homicides. Something like 360 were committed with rifles, and a lot more were committed with yeah. knives. No, oh, and knives, You yeah. know, I mean, so, well, I mean, the... I, but it's I, good posturing. This is what well, he no, does. Well, no, it's splashy. Yeah, it's splashy. splashy. It has basically no consequences because it yeah. is so unlikely to go anywhere that he can just be like, look at, look at this bold action. Bold action. The idea that anyone takes him seriously, especially making fun of other governors... Without bringing up the fact that his state is, in many ways, in disarray. Yeah, again, people are fleeing the state and companies and stores. It just seems like an important part of the story. The state. He's like, let me make all of America California. No, thank you. No, thank you. Unless you can just bring like those big Sur bridges. Although one of them broke recently, didn't it? Oh. (laughs) I was just saying that they're scenic. Yeah, yeah, they are. I'm not sure I trust the infrastructure anymore. (laughs) Bring us that bullet train that you guys haven't built any of that you've spent yeah. $700 billion on or something. Yeah, they can't even get, you know, BART. You know, get, get, they can't get people to ride the BART, right? So. Oh, wait, is the BART, where's the BART? The Bay Area Rapid Transit. Oh, the BART, there. that's right, that's right. And Got it. most people are saying that they just don't feel comfortable riding it because it's unsafe. Hmm. And oh, not clean. One more point. I don't want to oh, get deeply into this, but Gov- Governor Pritzker yeah. is, gets buzz a lot in these discussions. And I just want to point out. I read this piece in the Wall Street Journal yeah. where he's he's mad that the courts keep overturning his insane laws and he plans to pass like 500 laws. Like, because like of, cash of course, bail. Illinois, yeah, because yeah. of course Illinois is like just completely overwhelmed by democratic rule. And he's getting frustrated that courts are finding these things unconstitutional, these crazy things he wants to do. So in preparation for passing a bunch of stuff, they first passed a bill that says you cannot contest the constitutionality of any law that he that they pass outside of oh wouldn't you know it chicago and springfield yeah that's right the sangamon the, the uh, only county. two places so if you're yeah, a farmer somewhere yeah. you gotta you gotta travel up to cook county mm-hmm. and they say it's a it's an attempt to prevent venue shopping 
But in fact, it's just like puts them all in their home court. Oh, and by the way, there wouldn't you know it? Yeah. You know it. You I, tell me, Vic. Government unions. Yeah. They get exempted. They get an They exception. don't have to go to those two counties. They wouldn't you know it? File anywhere. Yep. Yeah, of course. That's so, so nice. So this seems as true wildly a Chicago, abusive. As true a Chicago politician as it gets. <laughs> Right. Wildly abusive. Right. It's like it's like uh, the North Carolina governor with his state of emergency to prevent the legislature from passing school choice. Like these things are wild. Did you know Ron DeSantis is the problem because he says like stuff they don't like. Did you know, you know, Chicago's nickname is the Windy City is has nothing to do with the wind coming from the lake. Mm -hmm. It's the wind bags. (laughs) It's true. It's true. All righty. We got we got time for this. Or what do you want? Oh, yeah. Moms for Liberty. They're a hate group now. Yeah, Aryan Nation and Moms for Liberty. Just FYI, guys. Moms for Liberty is a, yes, right-leaning moms group started in Florida during COVID to fight local school boards about COVID restrictions on schools. It's it's now gone nationwide. It's partnered with Defending Ed as as a nonprofit, and it has a bunch of local moms in local places going up against school boards, often about curriculum often about books right yeah and this is of course now terrible yeah yeah we can't we can't have this so uh, the southern poverty law center has has put them on a list put them on the hate map moms for liberty is on the hate map it says these groups were in part spurred by the right-wing backlash to COVID 19 public safety measures in schools yeah the ones that deprived a bunch of students of their they, right wanted to an to, they wanted to kill the teachers. Yeah. But they have grown into an anti-student inclusion movement that targets any inclusive curriculum that contains discussions of race, discrimination, and LGBTQ identities. That's a way of saying that they don't want young kids to read the book Genderqueer yeah. and the illustrated yeah. the illustrations. And it's look, a graphic novel. Like, so. They have many chapters. Feel free to quibble with what each chapter wants to do and yeah. each fight that they're fighting. This is These a- are not extremists right this is a crazy thing that splc has been doing for years and they just turn people normal people like me mm-hmm. and put them on the hate map and by the way npr just like gives away the game here this <laughs> npr write-up of this a group claiming to protect parents rights there you go claiming in public schools is labeled as extremist and then they go down to they have this discussion about it there's very there's almost no pushback on like mm-hmm. Are they extremists, though? No. Like, there's no pushback on that. They have their local, the NPR domestic extremism expert on to talk about this, because obviously these moms groups are domestic extremists. So let's ask Odette Youssef about them. And Odette comes on to tell everybody, like, how problematic they are. They claim to have 100,000 members across the country. They have a lot of funding from T-shirt sales. And then they they get into the real stuff. It turns out they also have funding from conservative nonprofits. I know it's getting really scary, guys. Their organizing is quite concerning, says the reporter. And then they wonder whether Republican presidential candidates are going to answer for their alignment with Moms for Liberty because Moms for Liberty... I'm pretty sure they will. (laughs) Moms for Liberty is having their annual conference in Philadelphia, including speakers such as former President Donald Trump and presidential candidates Ron DeSantis and Nick Haley. Therefore, Odette Youssef can go to Ron DeSantis or Nick, Nikki Haley and be like, why are you appearing at this hate group's event? Yeah, that's right. When it's just like legit a bunch of 
suburban normie moms. And and not just moms for liberty, by the way, but parents defending education, as you're talking about. So, you know, our friend Nikki Neely, Neely who yes. is, you know, Asian, of Asian descent, no, 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 she's is in the same group big, with the KKK. No, it's a problem. It's a problem. You know, I, I can't believe Nikki's gone so far down that That's path. That's right. You How know? dare she? No, so Nikki actually Neo-Nazi. is here on Washington Watch. I have a good clip of her okay, talking good. about this oh, and great. some of the work that they do. Here we go. So let me just ask you, your reaction to the Southern Poverty Law Center branding an organization of concerned parents as a group of extremists and putting you on a hate map. I mean, we've been watching their mission creep for years and years and years, right? Um, But the fact that we have gone out, we have... We were labeled an anti-government organization, and we have worked through the government, as you have, right, to submit comments to the Federal Register, to file complaints with the Office of Civil Rights, to testify before Congress, and to actually raise concerns of, as the Constitution says, you know, the um, to petition our government for a redress of grievances. And that is, as it turns out, unwelcome. We saw that two years ago with the National School Boards Association and now with these outside organizations. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, the White House reached out to the National School Boards Association asking for that letter. I'm, I, I, we know that the, the, the Democrats in this administration works with the SPLC. I mean, this is an attempt, and this is not new for the SPLC. Right. Probably about 10 years ago up in Minnesota, they labeled another parents group uh, that was concerned about the uh, teaching tolerance, I think, that used to be uh, their program or something like that. But they labeled them a hate group to try to marginalize and silence them. Right. And it's funny because uh, through our work, through our complaints we filed, through our lawsuits we filed against against school districts, we've actually gotten districts, taxpayer-funded public school districts, to cease racial segregation programs. They'll do it in the guise of affinity groups or healing circles. But there are schools in 2022, 2023 that are segregating children on the basis of skin color. We have ended that practice. And that is apparently hateful. We have identified about a 1,000 school districts across the country impacting 10 million children that have parental exclusion policies that explicitly say parents do not have a right to know their child's gender identity. That, again, is something that is hateful. So it's appalling. It really feels like we're through the looking glass almost. Sounds pretty racist to me, Nikki. If you, remember, desegregation is bad now. Yeah, you know, so, no, you know of you course, can't, of course. Everyone, again, it's about dividing people to as many individual identities as possible, which, by the way, is something that Christy also talked about this morning about his thing is less of that and more of what do we have in common. And this is something that obviously Nikki was talking about. Mind-bending. The problem is the SPLC is considered to be this unimpeachable neutral source by the left. Which it ceased to be so long ago. That's right. And so these teachers' unions and school boards can then cite the SPLC, yes. who's going to question them. It's a very serious, what are you, a racist? Know. Yeah, what, you know? and, look, and say, well, I don't know they, why you're aligning with hate groups. Right. And if they're saying it, then we're going to use them as a template for when we construct our curriculum. Right. right? Well, that's why the, in, the NPR piece is so frustrating, because there's no, no. evaluation yeah. of like, okay, well, what actually makes this group a problem, allegedly. Yeah, well, and it really is just that they disagree it's, with the, the, the leftists. The problem is they're anti-DEI yeah. or they're anti-vax. Yeah. And and then and they throw in, just for good measure, rooted in white supremacy. But which, which, how so? Yeah. Was there like some organization in the 1870s that was connected just to this? Like, uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't, I don't think it's a good electoral tactic, though, to continue for the left to continue to label parents who dare to stand up yeah. for their kids as extremists. Yeah, this worked for Glenn Youngkin. I 
maybe they should just keep on doing I just, it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, anyway. see what it gets. All right, okay. let's close up with something silly. Yes. Baby boomers and Gen Z have different grocery <laughs> habits during a time of inflation. You know what? I bet you can guess what they are. Yes. Are you I, gonna... I, I glanced and I was not surprised. But go uh, ahead, Mary Catherine. Okay. It turns out there's a contrast. This is supermarket news, which I would like to write for. Oh, I could talk about supermarket news forever. Supermarket news. There's a contrast between how the baby boomer generation and Gen Z spends on non-essential items, according to news analysis from company payments is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. The latest report draws from an April survey of more than 2,000 U.S. consumers, revealing that older consumers are still looking for ways to find deals when shopping for groceries in the face of inflation, whereas most younger shoppers continue to splurge on the extra items they want. (laughs) That's right, Jennifer. (laughs) We're looking at you. (laughs) Decreasing spending on non-essential grocery items was 59% of baby boomers and seniors and 61% of Gen X consumers. However, less than half of Gen Z grocery shoppers reported doing the same at 41%. Mary Catherine, are you a, you were a coupon clipper, weren't you? Do you still? Look, I'm not organized enough to be a coupon person, but I want to be one. I was gonna say, I'm an aspirational. Are you, or person. have you ever been a coupon clipper? <laughs> I, at yeah. points, I have attempted, but I just can't do it. I thought for I pictured you with a little like a little. That's like, because I wrote a casual about you it. You did. One time. I, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. You tell me that it was all lies. No, no, no. It was, it was about oh. it was about my attempt. Oh, right. And how course. it well, you sort get of, points for attempts. So it, it sort of fell short. But my mother was a great couponer. So because we had no money, well. and it she was oh. a whiz. She was a wizard, and she would just create discounts everywhere even, she went. Even though my dad was a doctor, retired now, my mother still loved savings and coupons. Oh my gosh. How could you not love them? She would say that the very that's the, the Chinese part of her, which is just always <laughs> penny pinching. But that, I would uh, yeah. he's allowed to say it, guys. I'm so allowed I'm gonna... to say it. I'm a quarter. I am not either I, I sometimes see it on our refrigerator. Kate will save these various coupon printouts and I look at them just waiting for the date to expire that I can take them off. Oh, you yeah, know? Yeah. But see this is me. Like I save them and then they never get used. There is a big difference because when I go shopping I do look at these you know, they have the special tags on some food items like for pasta or whatever, two for one or special on sale. That's what I'm getting. If I'm looking at the meat behind the glass, oh, you know, is there something that's on sale too? I'm going to go for that as well. Right. I, I think flank and skirt steaks are great by the way. I'm, I haven't I haven't reduced myself to London broil, okay, but the uh, or minute steak, but the flank is it, it skirts and butcher cut these kind of hanger, fantastic. It's great, Fan, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, the interesting thing is this: according to marketing analysis, I've read a number of books now on the supermarket industry. Right, most young people will go to the hot bar. That's where they're getting their food. Really? Yes, they go to the hot bar oh because gosh, they're that's not actually outrageously Jennifer, expensive. She's see, she's, she's, and it's all. This is interesting. It's outrageously expensive, and it is also for the supermarkets. It's a money loser, but interesting. They have to have it because they know that people in general, if you don't have one, they're going to go to a different supermarket. Oh my gosh! If go I go to the, to the hot bar, bar, that is a special occasion. I've never. I've really. That is, I've. I don't that think is, I've ever done hot bar. That's basically eating out at Morton's for me. Like I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some green beans that I didn't cook and throw them in this thing and weigh it and pay six fifty for them. Do you know what the money maker? I sell like such an I'll old t- person. Well, no. Here's what's interesting. Do you know what the, the money maker in the supermarket is? I was yeah. surprised by this produce. I didn't realize it. They make a lot of money. Well, on yeah, because you buy it and you margins. just let it go bad, and you I throw guess. it out, and yeah. you get new produce. <laughs> and one, and and I, and I will give you one pro tip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we can end things. I'm listening. Which is, and I got this. So, so two great books: Michael Ruhlman's book called Grocery, and then Pat Lafrida's book Glorious Beef. 
But in Palafrida's book, he's a butcher in New York. The marinated meats, steaks behind the glass. You ever see them like shish kebabs marinated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are normally the meats that are about to go bad. Oh, okay. But this is not to say they're bad. Good to but know. But that expiration-wise... You want to cook them fast. That's right. You okay. buy them because usually you get a good deal on them and they have all this other stuff on them. They've been sitting in the marinade. Don't wait a week on those. Cook them that night. Okay. One last point about this. Yes. I find it interesting that millennial, millennials are more worried about their finances than respondents from any other generation and twice as likely to have unstable household income. Yet the boomers and Gen X outdo them on cutting spending by like double digits. It's experience. The millennials are just like, and I'm almost, I'm like, I'm right on that Gen X millennial cusp. But yeah, they're like, oh, I'm super worried about my finances and I need the hot bar. Yeah. Or or going to, you know, my daughter talks about Make this all the time. People. My daughter talks about, and she's very young, but she's a young teen, but talks about when she grows up going to Starbucks every day. And I said, you know how much that's going to cost you? Mm-hmm. You got to make, make tough choices, guys. You got to make tough choices. Jeez, these kids today. All right. All right. <laughs> on that note, that wraps up another episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you could follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer and at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. The first one's on Twitter. You can follow us at Getting Hammered Podcast. And you should. You can see our shining faces doing a little video video. Hear our rants again, but with picture. It's important. We need the cameras higher. Oh, the you do? Neck, for you for know? our yes. gullets? The gull- yes. You know the thing. I <laughs> or a waddle? Yeah, yeah. My waddle? Yeah. All right. Don't put that on the video. Okay. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Netflix Media Podcast.